Welcome to The Leading Rain, a podcast that tackles issues in the horse industry. Each week, we deliver insights into how technology can improve horsemanship and equine education. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Leading Rain. So last week, we talked with Stephanie about parent perspective. And this week we get to talk to the one and only Zoe Nita. I can't call you a kid anymore though, because you're not a kid. So we're going to call it the kid perspective, but I don't think that's really what it is. So you're just going to have to speak to your whole existence, like your experience growing up and we're going to call it the kid perspective. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I know your, your mom probably talked in a little bit more detail about you beginning riding because if you're like me I don't really remember like beginning (laughs) riding it just it's probably you probably don't really remember not doing it yeah yeah so talk a little bit about galley and for you kind of what if you remember you were pretty young like that transition from going to like just riding at home and like a little more casually to going to shows and like if there was a moment where you were like oh I really want to do this You know, I feel like I don't remember very much. I can remember clearly just having Galley and having the ponies at home. And then the area where I decided and where I got another pony and started to show more is just kind of blurred until then I have, you know, my separate memory of like, then, you know, we went to shows and we had the ponies and. I so it's really funny when I first started. This is probably actually pretty in line with when I moved to Sacramento and started working for you guys. Cause you just had Clover at that point. Mm-hmm. And Zoe, you go to Waldorf. And so I didn't really know what Waldorf school was before I met you. <laughs> and I remember I was, um, well, I knew you, I'd known you since you were really little and I'd always been impressed. Cause like you would actually like, you'd have conversations. You were like a little adult, but I remember like one of the first lessons I gave you and you were like doing all these hand gestures, like you were talking with your hands. And I remember talking to Steph afterwards and I was like, what is like, what's with all the hand gestures? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you ripped me. It's a class. It's a Waldorf class. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense because I've never met a child who talked with their hands so much. <laughs> okay. So Clovey, so we'll talk about Clover a little bit. So we had, we showed Clover for a little while and we started you in, you did the hunters, you did the pony hunters on her. Well, first you actually did like long stirrup shorts or short stirrup, I guess you were young. So you did short stirrup and then you did the unrated division. So that's when I started with you, you were doing the unrated largest Mm -hmm. and then you started to get pretty competitive Mm -hmm. and you did the rated. So you did the rated largest and that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, Clover was kind of a unicorn pony. She was awesome, but she also was a little sassy. Mm-hmm. So, because your mom talked a little bit about when you got to do like the hunters and then you made the decision and you did the jumpers on her. But tell me the story of when we were, because we we're at the Oaks and I think this actually happened in the same two week period. So the first week you're doing the larges out on the big grass field and it's like beautiful setting and you're like probably winning the class that like, Clover was being so good. And we all started clapping for you one jump too soon. <laughs> and there was like a ring crew person. In, so do you, do you remember that story? Yeah, I remember because I was, I remember I was having my, you know, my round was great and I came around and I was like going to my last line. And then I came around the corner and you guys all started clapping and, and the ring crew jumped in. And so I was like, 
Well, I mean, I, you know, maybe I got it wrong. I guess I don't have another line. And so I just trotted myself back to the gate. And then it turns out that I was right. And I actually did have my other line. And I guess, you know, you guys clapped and then the crew <laughs> jumped in. And, <laughs> but, and we had to acknowledge it was a phenomenal run. So I remember the following week we had, I don't know, you must have been 14. Probably because I think the whole last year you just did jumpers on Clover. So I think you must have been 14. And we talked about the hunters and, and it's like, I mean, it's challenging, obviously. Like, I mean, do you have any feeling on, you remember we have multiple conversations about how it can be a little bit political and what, how were your feelings when we had that conversation kind of about if, if you can accomplish what you want to in this horse show with Clover and you have a few really solid hunter rounds, you can kind of step away from the hunter ring if that's what you choose to do. And I know sometimes it can be hard to articulate, but I know from what you had told me at the time, it was really about hard because you don't always get rewarded for what like you how you feel like your ride went like it's very obviously opinion based so do you remember at all kind of how you were feeling when you 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 gave yourself kind of this own ultimatum of like if I do really well this week I'm not ever doing this again (laughs) yeah I mean I think Clover was great and she was always really good but she was sassy and she you know she would swap in the diagonal lines and all of that and I just remember feeling like you know, not all the time, but a lot of the time it would be like, wow, I just had this amazing round and, you know, this one thing happened and then that's it. And that's not always very much fun. I think, especially like if you're a kid, you know, and it doesn't always feel super good. You know, you think that you just had like the most amazing round ever, but there was one little problem and that makes the rest of it not matter at all. My favorite thing you used to say was you would average things out. (laughs) it took you a while to get the hang of counting and and so you would do like you would add like two in one line and then you would like do the right number and you were supposed to add like one everywhere and you would just be like well if you averaged it out it would be great it's true if you if you averaged it out if that's how it worked so how did you feel in Clover when you, you were champion in the Raiders at the Oaks? It was actually a very impressive accomplishment. It was a very <laughs> good division and you like, it was amazing. And then you made the choice. You walked out of the arena and you were like, I'm doing the jumpers. Um, <laughs> did the pressure on yourself change? Did you, you know, did the pressure you put on yourself, the pressure when you went in the arena, like you just kind of got to go have fun in the jumpers. How do you feel like hunters versus jumpers, especially with Clover? Like, what is that kind of look? Cause you do them both still. So <laughs> what is, how do you differentiate between them? And what do you feel like when you're doing each one? Well, I mean, I feel like there has, I have never had a lot of pressure. I think just because of the way that I was taught to ride, you know, it has never really been about the showing. So in terms of like wanting to win and stuff like that, like it, there wasn't really a difference there, but I for sure had more fun on her, at least in the jumpers, because, you know, I didn't have to worry about all of those like little things that I was talking about. You know, I could still have this great round, but if she, you know, bucked after one of the jumps, it didn't matter, you know, because (laughs) that didn't necessarily take away from the round. (laughs) Right. Right. And there is a different sense. I think when you're, younger and you have really gotten the hang of this over the past few years but when you're younger it's really hard to feel super 
comfortable, like even when you're getting judged, you know, like it's hard to just kind of get in and just feel like you can sink in and do your ride. And you definitely, I mean, everyone does it. You're, you're judged. You change a little work. Whereas in the jumper ring, there is just an actual lesser amount of pressure because it's not judged. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you can kind of lighten up and run. So I want to talk a little bit about, obviously you've listened to what your mom had said and from your view, like, you know, really keeping your horses at home and, and learning how to take care of them and do all of that. And also getting to dabble in a couple different barns and some a little more mainstream, some, some not. How have you dealt with that, like, you know, growing up? Because we talked about in last episode, and I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about it. It is. It's really hard as a kid sometimes to, like, understand why maybe you're not jumping as big or going to as many horse shows or doing things like that. And yeah. how how do you feel like that has evolved for you from the time you were young? Like, I never experienced it like you were ever frustrated with it. It was just more no, of like, you know, it. kids are very in the moment, right? And so it's like, well, they're doing this right now. And it's like, yes, but then you're also doing these things. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course, I want to keep doing those. That's great. But over time, how's that evolved for you? Because obviously, you're much older now and experience a lot more. So how do you feel about that and how it's changed you or shaped you into like your opinion and where you are now? Well, you know, I feel like I never really struggled with it that much because, you know, when I was really little, that's just how it was. And that's how I think, you know, my mom talked about it too. Like, I just thought that everyone did it how we did it, had their horses at home and, you know, did their groundwork and rode Western and whatever. And then by the time I got old enough to recognize that that's not actually how everyone does it, I feel like I was also able to realize that the way that we do it is more the way that I want to do it. And, you know, then at that point I was grateful that I got to do, you know, know how to handle my horses and know how to take care of them and do everything that we do. Right. Do you ever struggle with, you know, I know you have a lot of friends and, you know, whether they're like close to you or not, you know, I guess acquaintances, you know, a lot of people who ride horses, not necessarily close friends, but (laughs) you know, a lot of people who ride horses. How do you balance, because I know sometimes it's hard to talk to people about horses or do things like that if you have like really differing opinions. So how do you say you balance that? I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you probably have somewhat like-minded, you know, kind people in your life. But, you know, if you could give advice to other young people who are maybe kind of struggling with where they're at or their peer group or their trainers like do you kind of have any advice for kids or younger people kind of going through anything that that you've maybe witnessed even if it wasn't like your own situation yeah I mean I think that like at the end of the day just kind of has to like you just kind of have to recognize that pretty much anyone who rides horses like we're more alike than we are different no matter what you do no matter how you go about it you know we still all you know, love the animals and want to spend time with them and all of that. But it's, it is really hard when people can have such a different, like such different fundamentals than you, you know, like I have, I have friends or people that I know that I'm like, they have like literally never picked a stall before, or they don't know how to lunge a horse, you know, and that's like, that just seems crazy. (laughs) Right. And it's just balance, right? Like you said, yeah. it's, I think, recognizing more what you do have in common and that, you know, just because you're 
maybe in a different space. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're not also there because they love horses. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked your mom, um, to give her version of the, the Clover point 90 classic at Sacramento international. (laughs) So you have to tell your version of it just so we can uh, compare. Well, I remember you and I went and we walked and I remember thinking it was big, but it was just, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I was just like, Oh, you know, it just looks big, you know, that's just whatever. And then we went out to the warm up ring and I'm warming up and we're doing this. And I come around the corner and you have this jump set that I'm like, I, I've been riding Clover for so long. I've never jumped her this big. And I mean, I don't how big was it? I don't even remember how big. <laughs> like, it probably was like three foot. But, you know, I and I remember coming around and I was like, well, you know, I guess it's not like I'm not like really worried about it. So I guess we're just going to go jump it. But <laughs> Like, this doesn't feel very good cantering down to this right now. And then, you know, my mom came out and she's freaking out, saying that everything's too big in there. And then, you know, luckily they put the jumps down. It actually was too big. That was a really funny experience. It it was entertaining, that's for sure. (laughs) So my my one last question for you. With your mom, I talked a little bit about how it's not really normalized in program and you've taken lessons from like plenty of different people, right? Different trainers. Yeah. And as you said, like you have a lot of friends that ride and you've seen a lot too. Like usually, yeah. you know, when you go to the barn, you're not just doing your lesson and leaving, you watch other lessons or, or whatever you're in a group setting. Have you ever been in a position where you felt really like unsafe or uncomfortable and how have you handled that versus like, how have you seen some other people handle it? And like, do you maybe have any words of wisdom or or advice for kids who maybe are going through something like that? And could you, you know, speak to a little bit of how you maybe handled it and how you would encourage others to? Well, I feel like I've been in that situation quite a bit, at least more recently. And, you know, I feel like there were a couple times where even when I did say something that did not help me, (laughs) you know, that just uh, people don't like that a lot of times. I think they see it as disrespectful or something like that, even if I'm just if any kid is just trying to say, hey, like, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. I don't think it's the right thing. And I think after that happened to me once or twice, I just, maybe this is not good advice, but I just kind of figured out when it was, you know, I figured out how to identify when it was going to happen. And then I just made sure to avoid the situation altogether. So whether that is like someone coming into the arena where you're like, I really don't want to get a lesson from them right now. You know, I just get off. <laughs> right. Move. Well, and communicating about it too, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you talk to your mom about it a lot and like, you know, being that I, I really, it's kind of the same advice for the kids as it would be the parents is like, if you really feel like something is not right, like you have to speak up, you, yeah. you know, and you won't ever regret speaking up. Sometimes the moment is harder. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's definitely the better decision. I know I said that was my last question, but it actually made me think of one other one. Talk to me a little bit about your experience. Like if you lose some confidence, you know, maybe in a partnership with a horse or, you know, you, you lose a little bit of confidence and regaining that and kind of your mental process, not necessarily what you do with the horses, but like your mental process. If you're really accustomed to something happening and you're playing that scenario out, you're like, if I do this, this is going to happen. Um, 
when you go to break that cycle, is there anything that you do that you find particularly helpful or, you know, any, anything like that? I think for me, it's just a matter of listening to myself, but also being able to like push myself. So, you know, I know that I'm not going to push myself so much to where something bad is going to happen and that's going to lose the confidence even more, but I need to figure out where, where my comfort zone is and either, you know, depending upon how much confidence you've lost, you know, you can start there and then just move your way up from there. It doesn't really matter what someone else thinks you should be able to do or what they think your confidence level is at or how competent you are. It's just, you know, if your confidence is lost at a certain point, it's not going to go well if you try and push it, push it past there. Right. I know kind of to add on to that, because that's really good advice, I think, is to find somebody to regain your confidence with who you really trust, but to establish yeah. that trust within your comfort zone, right? So yeah. like really establish that trust and then, you know, be willing to take that first step with somebody who could say, hey, you know, I really believe you can do this and I know your horse can do this. And so it's time to, you know, to like kind of step in and step up and, and do it. Yeah. Which is why, like, you know, I've talked to you about it. And I've talked to my mom about it. Like, I don't love to ride with a lot of other people. You know, I typically like to just, you know, ride with the people that I know. And there have been a lot of times where I'm like, I, you know, other people, I'm like, nope, no way I'm doing that. Like, I'm not, whatever you want me to do, I'm not doing it. And like, if I'm riding with you, no matter, you know, you can tell me to canter down to this. And I'm like, wow, I really don't want to do that. But I know that it's going to be fine because you're telling me to do it. And, you know, you know, my limits, you know, the horse's limits, you're not going to get me hurt. Right. Well, I think it's, I think that's a really important, I think it just, it's a really important thing for people and especially kids to learn at a young age is that their voice does matter and that if they're uncomfortable, they need to speak up and communicate that with their trainers and with their parents and hopefully be met with a supportive network. And then, yeah, to really just surround yourself with people who, who can kind of support you and whether you have a confidence problem or not, you're in the constant pursuit, like you said, kind of pushing that comfort zone, growing and progressing, but you know, doing it because even, you know, and really hopefully being around people who are willing to help connect you to other like, like-minded individuals who will keep you safe and, you know, help you in that pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Nita. Well, thank you very much for your perspective on things. I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about some other things in the future, but I think it's really refreshing. I think it's really good for, you know, it's really interesting. It's really interesting sport. And I think it's really important that young people and kids feel like they have a voice too, and to kind of learn how to use it and how to articulate those things. So I appreciate you bringing your perspective to the table. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks Zoe. And, um, really this was exciting. Second piece of our first kind of mini series. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing more of these in the future and I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll catch you next week on the leading ring. Thanks for joining us this week on The Leading Rain. Make sure to visit our website, www.3rain.com, and subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoyed the show, share with a friend. We'll see you soon, and happy trails.